This is a podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. It is time for our weekly look at the world of health and fitness with Professor Gordon Lynch at the University of Melbourne. Gordon, good morning. Good morning, Rod. This morning we're going to talk about blood pressure and specifically about blood pressure and brain health. This is a study by some ANU researchers about how getting that right blood pressure helps our brains stay younger. Now, the ideal blood pressure is 120 over 70 or 80. Is that not the case? Well, we always used to think that uh, a normal blood pressure was lower than 120 over 80. So the, the systolic reading, the upper reading, 120, and the lower reading, the diastolic reading, lower than 80. So uh, what, they, what we used to consider to be normal was lower than 120 as the upper reading, lower than 80 on the lower reading. Now, the latest research is um, pushing it a little bit more and saying that the optimal uh, blood pressure is a lot less than that. It's around about 110 on 70. Really? And um, that, that sounds pretty challenging to me, but they've got some good reasoning behind why they're saying this and why they're advocating why uh, perhaps the guidelines should be changed because if we keep our blood pressure within particular limits, the long-term consequences of that should be better brain health and better health overall uh, as we get older. So who has decided that the 120 over 80 is now 110 over 70? <laughs> well, this, this has been advocated by the researchers from ANU, and there, there are others as well, based upon their most recent findings. And this was uh, research that was published in the journal Frontiers in Aging Neuroscience. What they did, about 2,000 brain scans of nearly 700 healthy people aged between 44 and 76. They did this sort of recording of blood pressure around four times over this, this sort of 12-year period with brain scans done on these people as well. And they, they calculated this particular brain age, this sort of this value um, based upon the blood pressure readings and the brain scans which determine structures of the brain and so on. And what the, this brain scan and blood pressure data would actually give us a measure of so-called brain health. So they could have this brain age as a marker and then they could track people over time to see how the scores changed. Uh, and really what they found was those with um, high blood pressure uh, had older and therefore less healthy brains, which mean, meant that they had increased risk for conditions like heart disease, stroke dementia, etc. If people had an elevated blood pressure but were still within that normal range, and that was what we used to call 120 over 80, they also had older looking brains and were at risk of health problems. So this is a concern to me when I, when I read that because, you know, I've always been trying to keep things yeah. close to the 120 on 80. But, you know, the, the idea, what the, the researchers are saying is that the idea that, you know, one's brain becomes unhealthy because you get high blood pressure later in life is, is probably not the case. They're advocating that you know, a lot of this starts a lot earlier in younger people who have so-called normal blood pressure. And so if we have this value of 120, you know, below 120 on 80 as, as, the, as the normal blood pressure, but they're, they're advocating that optimal and a healthier blood pressure is closer to 110 over 70. And you know, this is, has major implications because it's really saying that um, it's not just about 
thinking about blood pressure later in age is that if we can maintain an optimal blood pressure when we're younger and keep that blood pressure younger, then that's going to be much better for brain health later in life. So I think it, it raised some very interesting issues um, in terms of, well, realistic targets, what can we do to get there, and so on. And it's not to be alarmist because I think blood pressure is something that you know, we often take for granted, but it is a really important factor for determining many health conditions mm. and making sure that we're aware of what our blood pressure is and how we can modify it uh, has important health implications. And that's the key of what we want to talk about today. How do you lower your blood pressure? Because you might go along to the doctor, the doctor takes your blood pressure, as they should do pretty much every time you go to see your GP, just to keep an eye on it. If it is high, and maybe in the past, if it was 130 over 70 or 80, they might think, okay, that's within a normal range. Now that seems to be, according to this latest research, that's much higher than it needs to be. They might give you some medication to lower your blood pressure. Is that the best way of doing it? Or otherwise, what can you do? Certainly when, when blood pressures are that high, um, medications, which are quite, quite powerful medications, um, are very effective in controlling um, blood pressure. So um, I think when we think about the old categories, uh, how we've taken it, you know, lower than 120 and lower than 80 is the 120 on 80 as our sort of textbook and what we should be shooting for. Well, you know, if, if it just creeps up, you know, one t between 120 and 139 over 80 to 89, that still was, was in the old category considered to be high normal. And then beyond that, when you get into the, the one fo above 140 over, say, 90, etc., then you've got different levels of hypertension or high blood pressure. And you know, it goes from mild to moderate to severe. And you know, when, you, when the blood pressure is even in that high normal range, it's, it's a concern because when you've got higher pressure going through the, you know, through the pipes of the body, um, it's going to cause issues for... You know, potentially for heart attack, for stroke, etc. So, you know, it's really important to maintain that particular range. The challenge, of course, and and why it got my attention is because I'm I'm speaking from my my personal experience. Trying to get it to close to 120 on 80 um, has I've always tried to do that, but sometimes it goes up for various reasons, and sometimes it's it's elevated for longer than I expected. Then I can bring things down, and there are various lifestyle factors that we can that we can bring to the to the equation to bring things down some of them more effective than others and I, you know just saying I'll do more exercise that's that's really not going to be sufficient because most studies have shown that exercise can lower blood pressure but it's only you know very small you know, levels in terms of millimeters of mercury small but significant changes that's why we always advocate it but relying on just exercise is not going to be enough and there are certain steps right I think we can take to try and prevent high blood pressure or if we have high blood pressure in conjunction perhaps if your doctors put you on medication the lifestyle factors are still going to be important and I think it's important we discuss those. Gordon Lynch is our guest as we talk about blood pressure so how do you keep it down how do you keep it at the right level through exercise and lifestyle factors? Yeah, so there are some things we can do which we can control to a certain degree that can contribute to this to this benefit, and that is the lowering of blood pressure. I think maintaining a healthy weight for your height, and there's always debate about overweight or I'm heavy, and is this going to affect my health? And in some cases, yes, in some cases, no. I think the indication for blood pressure is that the, the values for mo most people, not always, 
is that if you're over, overweight or obese, then there's going to be an issue for, for blood pressure. Activity patterns, so we talk about being active on most days of the week and trying to introduce different types of exercises, especially, you know, I talk about walking as a, as a basic example. If you're able-bodied and can start to walk and introduce walking into your daily pattern, that's going to be an important lifestyle factor. Make sure, make sure, of course, you've got the okay to do so from your doctor. The other thing is uh, following a healthy uh, eating plan. An emphasis on vegetables and fruits, especially the dark leafy greens. I think a lot of those sort of, sorts of vegetables have effects that can keep vessels open and, and promote blood flow, etc., which is, which is going to be very important to uh, maintain good uh, healthy blood pressures. There are other things that we can do. Quitting smoking, we talk about that and I, I always make sure that I say it's not, not a trivial thing to do if you're a smoker because uh, I've seen that myself in terms of my parents giving up smoking and so on. But if you can make that change, it has a dramatic effect uh, in most for most people in terms of their blood pressure. And a couple of things dietary related to eating less salt, so cutting down on the, the processed foods, the canned foods, which have in, inherently a large amount of uh, sodium within them. So reducing your salt intake and limiting the amount of alcohol you drink. Now, all together, if you look at all these different factors, they all are sort of cumulative. If you do one, that's good. If you can do a couple, if you can do three, if you can do five, all of those things together um, should help in terms of a lifestyle approach to reducing blood pressure but we have to be realistic about it but many people are unable to reduce their blood pressure through lifestyle factors alone and that's when of course the the consultation with the doctor and the monitoring of blood pressure with your GP or your health specialist is so important because it may it may be that you require blood pressure medications to get you back into that uh, the zone, the healthier zones where blood pressure is better regulated and of course for the long-term consequences of, of making sure that that blood pressure is controlled for many of the conditions we've discussed. So mm -hmm. the cardiovascular conditions, heart attack, stroke, etc. And of course for, for brain health related to dementia and, and the development of, of those conditions. So some people might be familiar with a blood pressure monitor that they wear for 24 hours and it monitors their blood pressure for an entire day. So wearing this monitor for 24 hours gives you a better idea also of what your blood pressure might be like when you're asleep. Yeah, so I think when you're, when you're truly rested, um, where there's no you know, dealing with the stresses of life and it could be work pressures, it could be family pressures, it could be just certain anxieties that you may have and that could increase blood pressures. Sometimes that some of those factors uh, settle down in, during the evening when you're sleeping and, and of course if those values are still very high during those factors again remember that that's going to be if that's going to be maintained for months um, years over the course of your life that's going to put enormous strain on, on, on the vasculature and of course that could lead to failure of those of those structures that lead to stroke and, and other things. Yeah. So I think um, you know, stress is one of those things which is uh, easy to say chill out, much harder to deal with effectively and there are various ways we can do that in a sensible approach but making sure that we've got a combination of the lifestyle factors, uh, maybe in, for, many, for some people that require them, medications to control blood pressure. This is why I think the regular consultation with your GP is important. The idea of, you know, you talked about the white coat hypertension, that's why they usually take blood pressure at different times and making sure over successive visits to ensure that it's not 
constantly elevated that maybe the familiarity starts to bring things down and so on. So I think the, the message about trying to get to a particular numbers, these, these are things that we can be aware of. And this is where we have a responsibility for our health. We can find out what our blood pressure is if we go to our doctor, if we, if we record it regularly at home, if we're able to, that, that's great. But I think what, what we're, this latest research is saying and where these researchers are trying to push is that the numbers of maybe what we consider to be now to be normal blood pressure may not be considered to be optimal. And so if we think about the optimal and trying to get there, I think 110 over 70, for, for some it may be something they can do pretty, pretty easily. I think that's a, it's pretty much a challenge for me. Uh, I'm going to see how I can go, but I, I, I think it's a challenging proposition, but one we consider, not for maybe people my age in, in, their, in their later 50s, what about the younger people? Is really what the message is saying from this research is that we should be considering blood pressure from a younger age and not considering it, oh, that's fine, you'll be right. It's about making sure that if we're thinking about the long term for brain health and for other many health conditions, that controlling blood pressure within that optimal range is going to pay off dividends later. Okay. Of course, you've got to be worried about low blood pressure as well, but that is something that we can talk about on another occasion. Gordon, thank you very much for that. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Rod. Gordon Lynch, Health and Fitness. Overnights with Rod Quinn on ABC Radio.